2: Hello, welcome to Jules Says. I'm Jules. I have another nickname, Jubes. It was from one of Abe's nephews for some reason. He was my little pen pal. He's a great, big, huge, hardworking teenager with a driver's license now, but he used to be my pen pal. And he started calling me Jub Jub Julie at some point when he was a little boy, and it stuck. So most of the people in Abe's family actually call me Jubes. Yeah, I like that name. Jubes. I was reminded. Oh, a friend of mine had a terrible Airbnb experience recently. She moved into a place just like for a month or something before she was able to take possession of her next home, and it was gross. It was uninhabitable, and she and she had quite the battle getting her money back. I've heard of a few bad experiences on Airbnb, and I want to talk about some of our experiences today. When I first heard of Airbnb, it did seem like a great idea to me. And I never had tons of money. I've never done a whole lot of traveling. And Airbnb seemed to me an opportunity to stay somewhere even if you can't afford a hotel. Why not? Abe and I have stayed at a few Airbnbs, and I've stayed on my own at a few, but with kind of mixed results. None of them were really terrible, but invariably the pictures always look so much nicer than the actual place, and some of them kind of smelled not bad, but you know, if you're in a basement apartment, sometimes there's a bit of moisture that you can never quite get rid of, or if a place is older, sometimes, I don't know. I don't know. Some of them, I'm very sensitive to smell anyway. None of them had really comfortable beds. I never stayed in one where I went, oh, that bed was really comfortable. Never. They were all just okay. Some of them were actually bad. We stayed in one place in Kelowna when we were visiting Joanne. I mean, the bed wasn't ridiculously uncomfortable, but every time you moved, it made a really loud squeaking noise We don't toss and turn a lot in our sleep, but it just felt weird because we could also really hear everyone in the floor above us. It just wasn't ideal. But, you know, I get it. It's not a hotel. It's someone's home. But I can tell you, I would far rather, far rather stay in a hotel if I can afford it. I remember the hotel industry. You'd hear news reports that they were worried that Airbnb would cut into their business. I don't see how that could happen. I really think that most people would stay in a hotel if they had the money. Maybe families would rather a home with a kitchen. But when Airbnb first came out, I do think the original intent was just more for a room in someone's house. I don't even think when it first came out you could get a whole house. Maybe you could. But then it became more popular to be able to rent an entire home, an entire apartment. Then there were problems with parties and damage, of course. Ridiculous noise levels in residential neighborhoods and apartment buildings. Illegal activities. But landlords realized they could make way more money by renting their place out on Airbnb than having a regular tenant. And all the problems that a regular tenant can bring you. They wouldn't have to deal with leases. They wouldn't have to deal with tenants who just didn't pay their rent for months on end, eviction issues, things like that. So I definitely can see both sides. But, yeah, it's problematic. Our adjoining neighbor rents out three lovely, newly renovated units. They're gorgeous, very modern. And at least one of the units is leased as a furnished unit, And he's leased it to at least one family who was in town for work. So, fantastic. That makes sense. And there's never been an issue. There was one family who was here for work, from the UK actually, and after they moved out, we really didn't notice much about who moved in. They weren't necessarily out chatting with us that much. But there were a few nights, a few months ago, when we were kept up. With pounding bass, music, partying, laughing, and, probably the worst part of all, a few woo girls. You know what I mean. Those girls who shout, wow, incredibly loudly, louder than, than, and the more hammered they get, the louder they get. It's unbelievable. It's awful. Here's a word of advice. Jewel says, if you happen to be a woo girl, kindly keep that in the vault if you're in a residential area after midnight. It's not appealing. Not only is it ridiculously unappealing, it carries. It's very disruptive. So just don't. Anyway, the first time it happened was a Saturday night. So whatever. We endured the noise that lasted until after probably 3 a.m. And we didn't have the new tenant's contact info, so we couldn't, we couldn't even contact them unless we went over and knocked on the door to ask them to keep it a little bit quiet. So Abe ended up messaging the landlord so he could ask them to keep it down. But of course, the landlord didn't get the messages until the morning. Fine. We figured it was probably somebody's birthday or some special occasion, but wouldn't you know, that week, the same thing happened multiple times until after 3 a.m. One night, Abe finally got out of bed at around midnight and went over to the neighbours to ask them to please keep it down. As he approached the door, a bunch of young guys got out of an Uber and went to the party at the house. So Abe kind of went in with them to try to find the tenant, and someone said, I don't know if it was the tenant or one of the guys, It's the Salesforce quarter-end sales party. Really? Salesforce can't afford to rent a venue or a restaurant? Someone at the party, I don't know if it was the tenant or not, kindly apologized and said they'd definitely keep it down. But they didn't. This went on again until well past 3 a.m. And I can tell you, Salesforce employs a few woo girls. So I thought to myself... I said to Abe, I wonder if this place is listed on Airbnb. So I went online and checked. Bingo! There it was. Not listed by the owner. We didn't recognize whoever had it listed. But again, there had been tenant turnover, so who knows? It could have been the legitimate tenant. The Toronto bylaw stipulates that the listing must be your permanent residence and has to be registered with the city. So if you're a a homeowner who doesn't live in the house, you cannot rent it through any of these apps. But the tenant can because it's their primary residence. So Abe let the owner know it was listed in case he wasn't aware. Because if if I owned a place and they were doing that and causing problems with the neighbors, I'd want to know. The landlord used to live there. We've lived there for years There have been other tenants. There's never, ever been a problem. So it's not like we are super sensitive whiners. If we're saying there's a problem, it's legit. The thing is, the Airbnb cost for maybe, I don't know, five nights would amount to a month's rent. So I can totally see how a tenant might want to do this. Rent is expensive in Toronto. It's exorbitant. Go stay with friends a few nights a month and your rent is covered. Now, we weren't sure, as I said, whether the landlord was was even aware. And honestly, we wouldn't have cared at all if there had not been so many late-night disruptive parties, pretty much back-to-back. The landlord's response? How much is it listed for? Seriously? That's your question? Abe sent him a link to the listing. Like, look it up, dude. I told you it's on Airbnb. He can sort it out with them if he has a problem with it. Since then, the woo girl heavy bass parties have been a lot less frequent, limited to weekends, and Abe has the tenant's contact info now if they get too loud. Carrie has a good standard. She invites the neighbors to her party if she has one and warns them it might be a bit loud and it might go a bit late. And usually if you know ahead of time, you can deal with the noise. People appreciate the respect of being informed Very often the neighbors actually come to her party and they end up being friends. So that's kind of nice too. But I mean, at least we didn't have a baby trying to sleep. There was an outdoor party next door to uh, an Airbnb that Catherine rented in Sarnia this summer. That party went on until I think she said after 5 a.m. What a nightmare. Violet ended up calling the, the police the, the area they were in, Point Edward, is serviced by the Ontario Provincial Police. They didn't help the situation. But anyway, you can hear the whole story on Telling Everybody Everything. It's episode Brittany's Parenting and J-Lo's Name from August 11th. And there are noise bylaws in Toronto too, but the police would never do anything about it. And you have to tread lightly on these things or risk acrimonious relationships with your neighbours. Abe and I decided to host on Airbnb in 2015. The Pan American Games were coming to Toronto that year, and we had read that there would be hotel shortages, so we figured, well, we have two spare rooms, let's just try it. We didn't rent our whole house, though, so although we felt safer being there to prevent wild parties or damage, it was also kind of strange to have people in a room in your house. I know of one woman who is an Airbnb superhost, and she regularly posts pictures of herself with her guests. It seems that she cooks for them, takes them around town, parties with them. I guess that's nice, but I don't know. If I'm going to another city, I certainly would not expect an Airbnb host to entertain me. And I don't think most people take a trip to get to know new Airbnb hosts, but anyway, it seems to work for her. We figured anyone who rents Airbnb just wants a clean, comfy place to sleep, a nice, clean washroom, and a hot shower. They have plans or they wouldn't be coming here. If they were going to hang around the house a lot, they probably would rent the whole place or they wouldn't bother traveling. That's how we think of it. I wouldn't rent a room in someone's house unless I was very busy and I genuinely just needed a place to sleep and shower. And in a way, when we were hosting, it was easier for me because I was going to the office every day, but Abe was here working remotely. So even though that gave us an extra feeling of safety, it, was, it had to be weird for him. So we only accepted verified guests which they, you know, do we even trust the verification? I don't know. We never had a problem that way. We set a unique door code for each guest so we didn't have to worry about keys. I cleaned and bleached all the bedding and towels so that they were extra clean, vacuumed the mattress, always used a mattress pad under the bedding. I ended up wearing out linens from all the washing and bleaching. And the extra cleaning was quite a bit of work. We decided to set a two-night minimum to minimize that effort. We had some good and not-so-good experiences. When you put your listing up, you publish house rules, but people would consistently surprise us, and we'd have to add to the rules. Things that we thought were obvious. We shouldn't have to tell someone— to turn the doorknob to quietly close a door at 2 a.m., they should know that that's going to be loud and disruptive. But anyway, I'm just going to get Abe because he needs to weigh in on this. Hang on.
0: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B.
2: Welcome to Jewel Says, Abe.
0: Thanks for having
2: me. I'm talking about Airbnb today.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) We've had some good people. I mean, it's weird to have people in your house, no matter who they are. But we've had some good ones, like that pair of young guys from Montreal. They were Mm -hmm. great. They were probably the best ones we had. Yeah. And there were some other people who were nice. And didn't cause problems and didn't make noise. Those guys came and went. They were very respectful. When they slipped in late at night, they were like ninjas. We didn't hear them at all. They Mm -hmm. were good.
1: Yeah, they were awesome.
2: The first person we had was this sweet young girl. She showed up and said, is it okay if I have a friend stay over? And I'm like, fine. So then she has some guy come over. And then she says, is it okay if... I have just a couple of friends in for a visit. And I'm kind of like, uh, okay, they're not staying, are they? No, they're not staying. They're just going to, you know, we're just going to, we'll be really quiet. They were staying in the basement room. So I thought, okay. And of course, we were new at this. Mm-hmm. We didn't really realize.
1: Yeah. But she you, she was asking you this at about 10.30 or 11 at night.
2: Well, she was asking me, but I assumed, and I shouldn't assume, I assumed they were going to kind of come over, get ready, and then go out somewhere. Like, it didn't occur to me that they were going to just stay there. And they ended up staying there, and they weren't being super loud. But because the house is open concept, we could still hear them. If you're sitting in our basement, and there are six people sitting in the basement having a conversation... We're going to hear it, and we have to work the next day. Yeah, and the worst part—the
1: worst part—was <laughs> when, um, well, I heard a noise. I, I heard some something going on in the kitchen, and this was like after mid. It was after one, I guess.
2: Yeah, it was between one and two in the morning at this point.
1: And it—it um, uh, it was the stove uh, clicking on. Okay, so we have a gas stove and. We have plans to get rid of that for a lot of reasons. And here are a couple. So when you turn the gas stove on, there's an igniter and it clicks, you know, does this ticking sound. So I realized someone was using the stove at like one in the morning. I thought, okay, this is weird. And I listened and it was kind of going on for a while, the clicking. So I went down.
2: But we smelled.
1: No, 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 not yet. Oh, okay. So I went down, and um, there was this kid there, like, trying to turn on the burner. And I showed him how, and he's like, oh, well, I never used a gas stove before. i like, okay, oh, well, cool. They were making tea. He was, he was putting on a pot of tea.
2: Yeah, they were nice kids. Like, I say kids, maybe early 20s. They were nice.
1: Yeah. So I go back to bed. And I kind of, I'm drifting off in about, I don't know, five, 10 minutes later, I hear a loud noise. I, I couldn't, I couldn't place it. So then I, um, then I, I was listening. Well, I wasn't yet asleep and I started smelling the smell of natural gas. And, uh, I thought, what well, could it be? So I go down. The kettle, that sound I heard was the kettle boiling over and extinguishing the flame. The kettle had been filled right to the top. And as anyone knows, every kettle has the max fill line. So I, yeah, so I shut off the the burner, opened the doors and windows. This guy heard something. The guy who put the kettle on came up and I said, you know i explained i said this the kettle was f- overfilled it extinguished the flames and now there's gas in the house <laughs> like he nearly blew up the house and he's like well i never used a, <laughs> a gas stove before like uh, yeah but i think every kettle has a max fill line what was he thinking
2: so this is something we thought would have been common knowledge and if you haven't used a gas stove and you're in someone's house at 1 30 a.m don't use the stove maybe don't have tea get some water we had to add a rule to the list no kitchen use after 10 p.m and then we also added to the listing that that we have a gas stove just so that people would know like if they haven't used it
1: yeah anyway if you're thinking of hosting you need to read a lot of other Airbnb rules and, like, just collate those and see if they apply to your situation. Because we, you know, we all kind of project our own values and standards onto other people. We were constantly surprised at the things that we had to add to the list or tell people, hey, that's not okay. You know, or please don't do that. We're not cut out for this kind of thing anyway, because I think we have kind of high standards of consideration for others.
2: Yeah. Well, then we had this girl from Italy who came. She rented a room. And she was coming for a week, I think. It might have been a week or more. She was here for a bit. Lovely young woman. Lovely. Lovely. Her boyfriend was living in Toronto, but apparently her boyfriend, we don't know this until she gets here, he's been couch surfing with friends in Toronto. He's also from Italy. So when she's here, she wants him to stay with her. That's fine. One of the things we allow is we have laundry facilities. If you're here and you need to use the laundry facilities, that's okay. This guy would bring over huge duffel bags full of dirty laundry and she would be running the washer and dryer day and night to do piles and piles of laundry and it wasn't even just one day like i almost think he's like oh i have laundry facilities here i'm going to get all the laundry from all my friends and i think that they were paying him to do the laundry meanwhile this girl comes over from italy to visit her boyfriend and have a vacation and she's Doing all of his laundry, it, there's no way this was just this guy's laundry. Like he no, did not it was own that much clothes. Constant.
1: Yeah. So I had to explain that too. I said, okay, laundry's got to stop. And um, I'm like, this is for visitors' use, but it's not for everyone's use. So,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we put in the rules. We have laundry facilities, but it is for your personal use only while you're staying here. Who would have thought? Like, we never would have thought of that. Then we had a Brazilian couple for a few weeks, which was great. They were staying here. The man rented it from us, and he brought his wife. The plan was he was going to look for a job here. Great. They got here. She was clearly unhappy about being here. She did not want to be here. She did not speak English. He spoke English reasonably well. And we live near Little Portugal. And when I suggested some restaurants and things in Little Portugal, where a lot of people speak Portuguese in our neighborhood, my friend Paula speaks Portuguese. It's not uncommon here. But he didn't want her to go someplace where they spoke Portuguese because he wanted her to be kind of immersed in English. But you could tell, well, you couldn't just tell, he actually said, because he had conversations with us about it, she doesn't want to move here, she doesn't want to leave her mom, we want to have children, and she doesn't want to leave her mom, but we, and I'm like, oh boy, good luck on the marriage. The other thing is, they would cook, you're allowed to use the kitchen, no problem, but they came here, I think not realizing how expensive everything would be. They were shocked that we didn't have a TV in the bedroom. And she was counting on that because she ended up spending most of her time shut in the bedroom watching videos on her phone.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, our listing said, you know, we have common areas. The TV is in the common area. Like, use it. We're very flexible with that. It doesn't. I think, yeah, they just shut themselves in that bedroom and. I
2: felt bad for them. Well, yeah, here they are. They spent all this money to come from Brazil, and I think they just didn't have the money to go anywhere. So I told them, you can get a transit pass for a day, and it's cheap. This is how much it is. So you know what they did one day? They bought transit passes and just rode around on transit all day as a thing to do which
1: might be okay.
2: No, it might be okay, but I felt bad for them because I felt like he was hoping to find a job. She didn't want to be here. And then they would cook, and that's fine. They're allowed to cook. They cooked all this greasy, greasy food, and they didn't understand about using the stove fan, and the kitchen would be full of steam and humidity, and and then she'd open the window, but it was August, and we had the air conditioner on, so it's basically blowing hot air into the house while she's cooking all of this hot, greasy food. And then I know that they didn't have really enough money to come because they would very often have meals of white bread and margarine. Like they bought, I think in two weeks, they went through two tubs of margarine with white bread. I felt bad for them. (laughs) No, it's not a judgment thing. I felt bad for them. But anyway... We did have to add to the list. Make sure when you're cooking, you put the stove fan on. And when the air conditioning is on, close the windows. Yeah. There are people who don't understand that.
1: They did go to Niagara Falls one day, though. Yes, they did. So I was glad for them for that.
2: Yeah, I was too. I felt really bad for her because she did not want to move here. And I sometimes wonder if they ever ended up moving here or not, if you found a job.
1: Oh, the other Brazilians that did stay with us for a while, the man, he was working at a bank. Yeah. I did see him a few months after they stayed with us and... Yeah, but, I mean, he was already working here. Yeah,
2: and he and his wife were both on board. She spoke English. That was a completely different setup for them, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, Yeah, definitely different. And they were fantastic, too. They were great. And then... We had this one couple who rented for, I don't know if it was one or two nights. It was one night. Yeah. yeah. We're very quiet. You you don't have to... Like, she kind of sold herself as being so very quiet.
1: And that they'd be out anyway.
2: Yeah. We're going to be out anyway. So it turned out, I think when they came in, she was hammered. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. They were was. hammered.
1: they They took... A lot of trips to the bathroom.
2: So they were very loud coming in. They took a lot of trips to the bathroom, and she was giggling quite loudly. They didn't turn the knob as they opened and closed the bathroom door. They just pulled it shut, which it it sounds like you're slamming it. It was quite loud. And this, again, was at about 2 in the morning, wasn't it? Yeah. On a weeknight. And then... Things start to quiet down a bit, and I'm thinking, oh, God, maybe I can finally fall asleep. Because, of course, you're on edge when you have this going on. And all of a sudden, I jolted awake because the house was kind of shaking. <laughs> yeah. The house was shaking.
1: Yeah, they were getting it on.
2: Yeah. yep. <laughs> and then I'm like, holy shit. If it- we
1: don't have a good setup for that, so...
2: No, no. That's
1: one other thing we learned months and months after stopping doing Airbnb, the way our offer uh, was structured, it was, I don't know if the cleaning, I think the, the cleaning fee was included or something, but you could have a minimum of one night. So, you know, if you want one night inexpensive, then, you know, that's, our setup was quite good for that, which meant.
2: But we changed it to two night minimum after a bit, but it must have been. Yeah, we did. We did because it was too much work for the laundry and then plus the loud fuckers.
1: Well, that was the thing. We realized that's, you know, we're, you get lots of young people who just want a room for a night. Right. So, um, you know, the effort versus the reward on that, as far as the laundry and everything and the cleaning, it's. Not there.
2: Yeah, and we we weren't paying a cleaner; we were just doing it. So you know, but I think we ran it for we did it for about six months. So we finished just before Carrie's wedding in September two thousand fifteen. So I think we ended up making six or seven thousand dollars, mm-hmm. which was kind of a nice little bit. But it was so much effort, and we just decided we don't need this badly enough. It's too frustrating. The people who were wonderful were wonderful, but then there were too many who were like, what the hell? Yeah, we we
1: were very naive going into it. We just thought, hey, yeah, why not? Sure, you know, we get a few extra bucks and why not if we have the space?
2: Yeah, we have the space. So
1: we're just really naive.
2: Because, you know, we want to have these spare rooms so that our loved ones, my daughter's grandchildren can visit. They don't visit as often as I'd like. But you know what? People's lives are busy. Sometimes we'll have someone staying with us, someone renting for a while. That's another story. But you know, to this day, people will say to me, Oh, are you still doing Airbnb? I just would like to announce formally to the world, we are not doing Airbnb anymore. We stopped in 2015. We will never do it again I would have to be destitute before I would do it again. No, we don't do it. I actually had the ex-husband of a friend contact me recently and ask, are you still doing Airbnb? If we were, you could go to Airbnb.ca and you would find our listing. So we're not. He had some reason that he wanted to stay in Toronto, and I feel like that was a bit cheeky. He's the ex of a good friend of mine, their split was somewhat acrimonious, and I think if we had said you can stay with us, it would have definitely been construed as a betrayal. Just, no. We did have some good ones, and we met some really nice people. But, as with anything, everything is not for everyone, and Airbnb hosting is not for us. Thank you for joining me in the closet to talk about this, Abe.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Julie. Thanks for having me. You.
2: Thank you. If you have anything you'd like to share or ask or just tell me, email me at jules says at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed today's special guest, Abe Letkman. Have a great week. And happy Thanksgiving to all of our American friends, relatives, and colleagues Jewel Says is produced, written, recorded, edited, and mastered by Julie McCarthy. That's me.